going on guys metalheads and all thank you very much for joining us back with the uh, heavy metal over a six-pack podcast thank you for tuning in on uh, whatever avenue that you found us on uh really cool episode we got for you today we are actually going to be interviewing today myself and anthony the uh the cynthia luna frost of uh the band snow iu uh they are a band out of sweden awesome people interesting stuff like really neat neat killer content that we have coming up for you today um Cynthia was actually uh, willing to uh, share a couple of tracks with us, so I figured we would start this episode off with like some music uh, so we can introduce you to the band. This is going to be Inner Fury. Enjoy.
Heavy metal over a six pack introduces Gastropos. All right, metronome is off. Sweet. Good morning. Hello. Hi. We are um. Well, welcome back to the Heavy Metal Over <laughs> Six Pack Podcast. There you go. We are um. We are delighted to be joined by all the way from uh, Sweden, Cynthia Luna Frost of Snow IU. Hello. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Just barely not morning in your in yeah. your in your area, I believe. I would say it's afternoon over here, really, but yeah, close enough. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. So, I figured out my icebreaker question. So we're going to start with my icebreaker question, and we'll go from there. Oh, Lord. Go ahead. <laughs> so, us over here across the pond over in, like, the U.S., like, we um, we, we tend to, like, really uh, worship, like, Swedish metal, Swedish rock, and Swedish music, like, all together. Like, you know, you have In Flames, you have Cradle of Filth, uh, Opeth, Amon Amarth, uh, Arch Enemy. So much great stuff comes from Sweden, like... I've always made the joke that like people that are born in Sweden like come out already knowing a couple of chords and a few scales. As far as like oh. instrumentation goes. Yeah, and yes that some of the bands you mentioned aren't from Sweden at all. Cradle of Filth is from the UK, for example. Well, <laughs> well Wiki- but, uh, Wiki- Wiki- Wikipedia is failing on this one. But with, no. with that with that being said, like all like all the worship that we put in the Sweden, do the do Swedish artists understand how awesome they are, or do they worship somebody else? Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, like, do you know how good you are and how good you have it? <laughs> um, I would say it differentiates a lot between genres and different people and everything, you know? Um, I know, since I was over in the U.S. last year, that... Americans are kind of crazy and everything Swedish. I mean, you have candy called Swedish fish over there, for God's sake. Uh-huh. Are you telling um, me, wait, 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 Swedish fish is not Swedish? It's uh, it's Swedish, yeah, we have them, but we have them in different sorts. We have them from everything from sweet, um, yellow and stuff, to salted licorice and stuff. Oh, okay. okay. So we have all kinds of these fishes and stuff. Um, mm, that's cool. But yeah, like, from what I gathered, America is crazy in Sweden, and Sweden likes the mutual exchange as well, so I suppose that we look up to the American uh, bands and musicians as well, in one form or another. I mean, take for example, whenever an American band comes over to Sweden and is going to perform, it's a big, huge huge thing, you know, like um, I know the drummer of the band, Philip, he's super hyped to see Slipknot whenever they come to Sweden, because they're never in Sweden. So, all the great American bands, whenever they come over to Sweden, it's a big thing, and if they don't come over, we're like, okay, so when's our turn? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. But yeah, I suppose that we we appreciate the um, the support from America, and um, I hope the Americans support the support. I appreciate the support that we give them, you know? Well, I can't speak for everybody, unfortunately. I can speak for us, like we, but... Um... So switching gears, uh, Snow IU. In 2018, you guys actually celebrated your 10-year anniversary. Did I read that correctly? Yeah, correct. So if I was doing my math right, like when I was checking out your bio, if, um, if your age on your, uh, about your bio is correct, that means you started Snow IU when you were 13 years old? 12, actually. 12 years old. How, how, does, how, did, a... how did that happen? Um, is this where I say dedication, dedication, dedication? <laughs> <laughs> No, but it all started out really. Um, 
I've always been into music in one form or another as a person. Um, I grew up like watching uh, local festivals with pop bands mainly because that's what you know was the thing back in the day. Um, I remember watching some techno bands, rappers and stuff as well. Um, and I thought to myself, hell, that's something I could do, you know. And um, back in 2007, what really set it off, I, honestly, and this is going to sound so silly, you know, but um, was actually um, the video game Guitar Hero 3, Lines of Rock. <laughs> so after yeah, playing fine. that game for a long time, um, I figured out, hell, this is what I want to do for a, a living. I want to do this for the rest of my life because this is something I really am passionate about. So in 2008, I set together a couple of dudes and um, we started rehearsing at the local grade school that we were all going at, you know. And from there, it just, well, had its down periods and up periods. And right now we're in an upswing, but here we are 11 years later. <laughs> So your uh, your current lineup all still founding members or all original members I should say? No, I'm the only original member. Oh, okay. Well, it, it happens a bit, especially over ten years. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> but being so young, I mean, uh, like, what 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 kind of support <clears throat> channels? Like, were, did did you have family that was like really helpful? Like the right the right group of friends that were just like, hey, you got to do this. Like, we can help. Like, we have this, but. I would say my parents have always been very supportive of me, whatever I do, you know. Um, yes, that they told me all the time, like every good parent should do, that music is a risky business, you know. It's nothing that you can really make a living out of if to 100%, you know. You can't really right. say for certain if you're going to be able to pay the bills the next month or not mm -hmm. doing it. Unless you're a superstar like Rihanna and Beyonce, you know. Right. Um but they supported me, and uh, most of my other family members also supported me. But friends and stuff, I would say the opposite, considering I was bullied in school up until I quit college, or, well, I finished college at age 18. Mm. So not really, you know. I think that's also why there were a lot of disputes in the band back in the day, because different wills want different things. Sure, that's true, very true. So, um, sorry. All right, go on. Well, I was gonna say. So I was, I was kind of, kind of just uh, keep the shifts to like to the the origin. So, um, as far as uh, shit, I just forgot the word I was gonna say. Influence. There you go. Influences. <laughs> influences, influences, and inspiration. Like, what, which artists and like which music actually like really inspired you to to get started, like specifically? Oh Jesus! Wow. Oh. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> And you thought that first question was a nice break here? <laughs> um, well, yes, for me, because sometimes I start interviews like a like a smashed asshole, and it uh, doesn't work very well. So, like, the, the, the awkward silence didn't happen on that one. So, yes, the first question was a good icebreaker for me <laughs> with my track record. Yep. Gotcha. Oh, wow. Um... The reason why I ask, like, when I listen to your music, I, I hear a lot of different influences and, like, not necessarily, like, some, like, it's not a main genre kind of a, kind of a feel. Like, there's a no, lot I of, agree. there's a I lot of orchestrate, there's a lot of uh, tonal use, there's a lot of, um, I'm going to use the word theatrics and production kind of a yep. thing, but, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. And I, I would assume that that doesn't just come from somebody who was like, oh, I heard Slipknot and I decided to go for <laughs> it. Right, right. Um... 
Let me come back to just that Slipknot part later. But for me personally, what started it all, really, um, I would say there's one song that has been with me since the very start, and that's actually Bob Seger's Turn the Page. Okay, okay. Simply because in the whole song and everything, he paints this vivid picture of how tour life is, you know? How it is like being on the road, being on a bus, being on stage, like sweat pouring out of your body as you give Mm -hmm. yourself to the audience and the music and the passion. Um, That all started it for me just because when I was hearing it and I was listening to it and reading the lyrics, I felt an emotional connection with it. Like, hell, that's what I'm supposed to do, you know? Mm -hmm. There's a saying that goes, if you can't think of a world where you can't practice music, you should practice music. I like that. I like that. I think it's like some classical composer that came up with that one. I don't know. I can't remember, but it's a good saying. No, I like and it. And I think I think that's, you know, me in essence. Like, I was meant to do it. Why shouldn't I? Um, but coming back to Slipknot and stuff, I know Philip in the band. Slipknot is his, you know, his jam. He's heavy into new metal and stuff. And Slipknot is his favorite band of all time. So, influence-wise, for him, Slipknot, definitely, like, Korn, I know, is also a big influence for him. Um, He's a drummer, so I understand. Yeah, he's a drummer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's got a lot to pick from. Yeah, yeah. I would say influences in the start of the band, at least, was mainly actually, like... Oh, Lord. Um, Bands like Blue Oyster Cult, of course. Okay. Um... Black Sabbath, to a certain degree. I wouldn't say Black Sabbath has been a big influence on me because it's more towards the doom metal mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. kind of things. Iron Maiden, of course, which is still my favorite band to this day. I hear that one, yeah. You're in good company. Uh, <sighs> nice. <laughs> um, like bands like Saxon, Judas Priest. Um, hell, even Finnish bands like Stratovarius, Nightwish. Um... I would even go so far to say, like, German bands like Running Wild, Gamma Ray, Halloween. Yeah. I take inspiration from everywhere, really. Um, I listen to a lot of music genres as well. I'm not, like, I might be a metalhead, but I can also listen to other genres and appreciate them for what they are. Sure, there are sure. certain genres that are, you know, better in my opinion. I wouldn't say better, but more tolerable than others. Like, you're being Rap very polite. Uh-huh. Yeah, nice job. Nice Rap job. and hip hop and stuff for me, it works. It works. I can appreciate it for what it is, but it's not something I would put on unless I'm, oh, I need to listen to someone speak very quickly into the microphone. <laughs> right, right. No, that makes sense. See, I, I, I get almost like a, because um, I listen to a lot of like Blind Guardian, Camelot. I feel oh, with you. Yeah. Just, just like the, the atmosphere and the, the story you portray and whatnot. Yeah, Blind Guardian is a really good band, a top band for me, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that uh, Anzi Kirch is out on, or has been out with Demons of Wizards. I actually saw them earlier yep, this yep. summer. It's yeah, they rock. actually played around uh, Palladium, I believe, near us, which was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's super cool because uh, Demons and Wizard was actually, I think, the first power metal band I ever heard in my life really? before knowing what power metal even was. Sure. Uh, so the song Crimson King has stuck with me till the end of times, more or less, just yes, because of that reason. And it still, to me, has one of the most perfect break parts, mm-hmm. so to say, in the mm-hmm. middle of it, simply because it 
it has you know been with me since the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Blind Guardian. Um, what was the other band you named? Uh, Camelot. Camelot. Uh, a little bit back and forth on that one. Mm -hmm. um, I was more a fan of Camelot when they had Roy as their frontman. Yeah. And okay. Yep. Like Ghost Opera, definitely one of my favorite songs by them, if not the favorite song. That's and then one. Poetry for the Poison is just a fantastic album overall. Yeah, it is. But the problem with Camelot and me is that they've gone for a more modern they sound have. these days, like futuristic kind of thing. I agree. I agree. I'm I can appreciate that for what it is, but I'm more drawn to the mystical, whimsical, fantastic, you know. Mm -hmm. So, what's the uh, what's the first song you ever wrote in your life? Inner Fury. Okay. That was the first song that. I ever wrote the lyrics for at least um, first musical piece I ever created. Oh God! Oh God! Uh, can I claim that that has been lost to the tides of time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, Inter Inter Fury, you said you, um, that that was your first lyrical piece. So, um, how, how does it how does a song get constructed by uh, Cynthia Luna Frost? Like. Um, I asked that very poorly. I'm sorry, but I, I think you what get is what the I process? Understand. I suppose yeah. would be the term. The songwriting process. I get yeah, you. Yeah, I get yeah. you. Um, the songwriting process. I'll actually give you an example of how it went when um, I wrote Pirates Night, because that's a very clear example. And Jesus Christ, it's such an odd example, but it's also the clearest in my mind. You know, because uh, I was sitting at home, thinking I want to write a song about the ocean. Mm -hmm. And I had the idea, okay, it's going to be an ocean, there's going to be a storm, there, there's going to happen stuff on the sea. And I thought to myself, okay, no, I'm not going to write a song about the ocean because I can't figure out a theme. Mm -hmm. So I sit at home and I put on Running Wild. And immediately this one song by Running Wild, I think it's called Black Wings of Death, comes yep. up. And I'm like, hell, this riff is really cool and the chorus is really catchy. Okay, I'll put it on repeat. Six hours later, I've been brainwashed into thinking, oh, I'll write a song about pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So after that, I sat down immediately and I started to, um, whenever I write a song, I usually storyboard it out. Okay. So I have mm -hmm. a, like, since I'm a, what people claim a storyteller, a title I wear very proudly, mm -hmm. um, I usually write down ideas and then I make some small paintings and stuff about it, like, not paintings, but drawings of, like, stick figures and stuff, just because I'm terrible at drawing. <laughs> um, and I piece together this story, like, okay, that's going to happen there, you know. And um, after that, I put up a structure. I always do this. I always put a structure up how the song is going to be formed and shaped, mm -hmm. so I have a framework to work with. If I'm going to make a song, I don't just, oh, I'm going to write the lyrics immediately. No, I need a clear structure because then I know where the lyrics are going to be, right. where the solo parts are going to be, where the riffs are going to be. Yeah, you know. Yep. yep. Um, so after putting down the structure, I put down the lyrics, and um, I came up with this melody like for the for the chorus, and hmm, yeah, this, this could be cool, and how about this and this, and then I put a little bit more distortion onto my voice to make it sound even rougher, you know, and stuff. Um, okay, good idea. And I kept going and going on and on until I had a clear structure and a somewhat complete lyric. I then took it to the band with the melody for the chorus I had, and we together pieced together the rest of the song, more or less. Okay. And that's usually how it goes. I come up with the lyrical theme, I come up with 
the theme for the song itself, the emotion, the feeling. And then I bring it to the band after completing structure and creating most of the lyric. And then we go from there and create it together because Snow You has always been a collaborative effort, no matter right, what. Right, right, right. Um, but we've been experimenting a little bit with this lately. Um, we brought together a song that's going to be the next single. Spoiler okay. alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, you heard it here first. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to reveal the title because <clears throat> that would be a spoiler. Yes. But that song it was a song that we wrote back in 2015, actually. But uh, we scrapped it because we weren't ready for it. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. Some songs need to take their time to just grow on you. And a seed was planted in 2015. And in 2017, when it was somewhat finished, that seed bore fruit. And now it has borne fruit that is going to be the next single. Um, but that one was more or less that the instruments started at all. And after the instruments were in place... I had to put the lyrics on it, which was a nice exercise for me as well, because <sighs> then it's not, you know, me doing the framework, me doing the lyrics, but yada, 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 yada. It's more, oh, I have to think outside of the box on this one. Yep. That's cool, though. So that's a, like, <clears throat> small rundown on how the songwriting process works. Then we go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I think I've changed the lyrics to, you know, if you're in Pirates Night, at least those times. Totally, <laughs> that, you know. that happens a lot. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Yeah, we wouldn't know anything about <clears throat> that. <sighs> we we always joke on the show that like we have our files that are like this song final, and then it's this song final two, and then the song <laughs> final three yeah. because yeah. It, there's no such thing as final, unfortunately. No. But um, staying with the uh, staying with the uh, topic of lyrics, uh, you, you have a writing style that <clears throat> I I know that the two of us are a big fan of, and that's more of like the storytelling side versus <clears throat> the um emotional this is what happened to me yesterday right yeah can you tell us about this once forgotten land named atria if i and i hope i pronounce that right so i'm going to actually pronounce it somewhat right at least <laughs> i usually say whenever people um say the name that it's all up to interpretation whatever you say and how you say it because i want to keep it up in the air i have my picture of it you have your picture of it so let's say i want people to use their imagination i want them to fantasize and use that creativity that we all had as children that we've since blocked off somewhat um but yeah i can tell you a little bit, a bit about atria um the land of atria was a um a kind of resort for me when i was bullied in school and stuff i created it because i wanted to escape from reality and i created this land where instead of being bullied i could finally be the hero in my own little crazy little way and then from that, I more or less created stories, I created characters, I created this whole world, which is kind of insane in retrospect, but um, it all boils down to more or less that Atria is a long-forgotten land that has once flourished, and uh, because of one single choice that was made in this land, the whole land experienced a downfall and has since been stricken from the records from the ancient tomes from the scrolls from everything no one knows about it unless you're in it you know except for this one tome that has since been found in the ancient library hidden away in a very remote location and what we hear whenever you hear a song by snow are you is 
a retelling of what happened those 200 years ago, which the story set in. Um, and then you follow this character named the Lone Wolf, which back in the day used to be an analogy for me, <laughs> because okay. I was a Lone Wolf. But these days I wouldn't say it's an analogy of me, because Lone Wolf, yeah, sure, is a character. Simple as that. I want you to be able to put your own picture on him. I want you to see him for what you think he is. Okay. He's a metaphor, so to say. Sure, okay. Um, and you follow his own downfall and his eventual rise and eventual downfall again. I won't spoil too much. That's why I'm saying back and forth, you know? Mm, right. But um, it's, a, it's pretty much a story about tragedy, bravery, courage, and... Uh, being a big fan of tragedies and stuff like Shakespeare, uh, I mean, Hamlet is still my favorite tragedy of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to get some of that uh, suspense into my work as well. And on the lyrical themes, I, I gotta ask you what really draws you in with it. I mean, it's storytelling, sure, that's what I do, but since you, you commented specifically on the lyrical aspect of it, I'm kind of curious. I'm more entertained by uh, music that actually, like, kind of, like, it's, um, I don't want to use the word concept, but uh, I'll use it, but I'll use it loosely, like, something that kind of, like, sets up, like, a scene, and, like, more, like, I don't necessarily need to listen to uh, half a dozen songs about how your girlfriend dumped you, or how, um, <laughs> you, you, what, whatever the case may be, like, a lot, a, a lot of, like, life interpretations, I mean, sometimes they're actually, like, really good stories, but for the most part, you know, not... Like, 1% of the world is probably going to produce a, a really interesting outgoing story that's worth being told on an album. So the fact that you can actually create, like, a like a lyrical piece that kind of, like, creates, like, a whole other world, that's a, that's more of the way that I, I like to enjoy music, especially from, like, a cover-to-cover -cover aspect kind of a thing. Like, if you drop a single that's, you know, very catchy and has, like, the proper hooks and whatnot, I mean, that's obviously, that's awesome, that's great. If I can put an album on and just like sit in a dark room and just kind of like get mm -hmm. lost in space for like for like an hour or so, I mean that's that that's always been in, intriguing to me. So like these st this, that style of writing and going more towards like the uh, the the storytelling aspect and kind of creating these worlds, mm -hmm. I always find more interesting. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um... I agree with you entirely about the whole girlfriend aspect and stuff. You know, I, I usually say that every person has a story to tell, but please don't put the girlfriend slash boyfriend breakup <laughs> thingy because it's it's like a good joke. If you tell it a million times the same way, it gets very stale. And right. when a million people tell it the same way, it gets very stale. Mm -hmm. This is true. Um, and then, you know, what? I, I think the thing that like some artists will fall into is like it kind of ends up defining them. Yeah. Like other than yeah, you know, like a like there's a, like a band. The first one that comes to my head is Bullet for My Valentine. Every oh, single yeah. song on that on that they write is a, is something like kind of scorned love kind yep. of a, kind of a deal. But they are also Bullet for My Valentine guys. It's like so. What were you expecting? Right. Them it's to, in the name. To, yeah. To write about. Exactly. But now they're kind of. I don't want to say they're locked in that model, but I mean, I don't. It would be awkward if they actually were to break away and try to do something else, because I mean, that's kind of the direction that they set. Versus, I don't know. I feel like they, you can you can add chapters to something that's like more open yep. open minded and more um, creative yeah. in a sense. 
on my end of things, I'm I'm more on the the nerdy side. Like, I mean, I play my, my video games. <laughs> I've done my Dungeons and Dragons. You know, your Skyrim here and there. So, I mean, I've always been like a a very you know fictional you know fantasy person. That's just how I've always been. So. That's super nice that you say that. I actually played Skyrim last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, being a gamer myself and everything as well, since very young childhood, I mean, Halo was the very first game that I ever played. Okay. And uh, that also has shaped me in a way, I think, because I saw these worlds and I thought to myself, hell, why can't I create something like that? Exactly. If other people can, why can't I? I mean, mm -hmm. that's what I say about the whole losing yourself in that whole childhood aspect of it because when we were kids we were out with whatever person we were out with and they said oh be careful there are there are trolls in this forest yeah we believed them uh -huh. we made up these pictures in our minds like trolls how do these trolls look what are what do they eat we we created a whole character around something that was pretty much fictional yep and that's what i like about it because it's mythology it's um what's it called fiction it's even, you know, semi-paranormal even to mm -hmm. some degree, I suppose. Yeah, no, that's true. And <clears throat> uh, coming back to my own inspirations and stuff, one of the genres that I really, really appreciate is folk music. Uh -huh. Simply because the we best like songs and stories <clears throat> are told through song. Mm -hmm. And where are these stories kept? They're kept in folk music simply because that's the oldest form of music we've had. Mm -hmm. So, for example, British folk music... I'm all ears. I will listen to that every, every single day if I want to, just because you have the tale of King Arthur and the Sword and Stone. Yep. You have uh, all these amazing tales from Ireland and stuff. I can't think of one on top of my head. Like, there are so many stories to tell. Instead of just telling yourself, oh, I'm going to write a song about my broken heart, you know? <laughs> right. Join, join the I, club with everyone else, I guess. <laughs> yeah. How about instead, instead of saying you have a broken heart, why not make up a fictional word about uh, around that broken heart, like in the center of this. For example, I'm just gonna go a little bit spacey here for you, but and paint you a picture. But yeah, let's write the next single. Let's do this. <laughs> no, but for example, <laughs> say, say for example, you're out in um, outer space, for example, just because, and you're sitting there in your spaceship, and all of a sudden you see this planet that is semi-broken in half, and you decide to go into this planet, and you see that it's a tug of war between two factions these factions have been warring for a couple of years because the planet broke in half and inside the planet is a god that lost his love his love was executed or whatever died for some reason because the people didn't care and worship that person enough and instead of worshiping them and trying to mend the whole planet and the whole war that they've been in, they start to fight instead because it's the other person's fault, of course. Right, Co so copyrighted. It's a more metaphorical approach, which I, I mean, that's that, that that's awesome. So you can't use that for the next single. We're going to want to claim the rights for that. We'll, we'll, we'll use. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. For go ahead. I, I don't mind. I I have my own concept. You know, you can do your own. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> So what I would ask, um, I, I um, I also read in the in the in the bio information in my research here that like you, you guys put a lot of emphasis on your live performance, and one of the things that I do find sometimes is especially on um, the the lower scale production where we're not able to, you know, we're not all able to p perform a set in front of uh, 
a stage construction like an Iron Maiden would, where you meet you actually meet the, his <laughs> mystical monsters and fires and, and whatnot. How do you oh, get yeah. how do you get those creative and imaginative elements into your live performance so that maybe a new <laughs> fan that maybe have not heard you prior to said show will start to relate to it and maybe start to uh, um, picture it? Yeah, I guess <clears throat> that's a good that's fan is that I don't know. Hmm. That's a tough one. I can only speak from my own personal uh, experiences in this one, but what we started to do with Snow U was uh, we noticed that since I also put on my own festival, I've noticed across the years that many bands, they go up on stage, they all wear these jeans and t-shirt combos that I'm so sick and tired of. It works if you're in a new metal band or something like that, but Jesus Christ, it's so overdone. <laughs> um, it shows that, a lack of effort to a certain extent, and like you're not you're not really capturing an audience and say, "Hey, this I, is, is going to be a I show." Say, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's like a, a lack of um, interest and a lack of stuff, but I would say it's more you haven't really gotten the idea of what is necessary to become a good band that is taking over the world, because you're you're settling for okay, this is comfortable. Instead of being comfortable, you gotta put on a persona and put on a stage show, and what we did initially was okay we'll buy some fancy clothes and stuff that looks good on stage and looks good and we'll see where we can go from there after wearing that on stage a couple of times we noticed okay this is kind of getting to where we're, we want to be but how can we take it further so we started balling ideas on paper and like hell wouldn't it be super cool since we're having like a song about war and stuff inner fury that we had like a rallying flag somewhere on the stage and we were like, yeah, that would be cool. How do how do we get a rallying flag, considering we don't have any money for producing one and printing one up? I know. We'll buy a, um, a wooden stick, a little bit of fabric, and spray paint. <laughs> so we took uh, a wooden stick, this fabric, and put it together and spray painted a flag and used that for... Jesus Christ. A year and a half, I think? And we used it very sparingly during the live shows only for one song, simply because that brought the people in. They saw, like, this person standing with their feet on the monitor, or their foot on the monitor, rather, holding the flag up above their head like they were rallying the, the people around them. Mm -hmm. People really got interested in that. Then in 2015, we also brought in um, these um, cows, like monk cows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the performance that really set us apart from the rest of the bands in this town, at least, was a performance we gave in December of 2015, where between each song, we had a small, I wouldn't say um, lyric, but it was more a, a very small piece of poetry between each song that set the stage for the next song and kind of tied it all together. For the people who wouldn't be able to piece together the story for themselves, we did it for them by giving them a very small fragment of the story in lyrical form. And considering I have a very narrative voice, some people claim, they claim that I would be able to, you know, do radio shows, I could be a voice actor and stuff, because I have such a broad spectrum. Sure. I, um, I got the opportunity to use my voice in such a manner that I was a narrator between these songs and after the show the local newspaper said this is unique this is something we haven't ever seen you're definitely the greatest metal band this town has ever seen and we were like cool 
And that's a title we still hold to this day. And after that, we've been more or less figuring out how to go around certain problems. Okay, we need we need a backdrop. How do we get a backdrop? Well, we can't afford one. How about we make two flags and a small platform instead that you can stand on so that the flags are on the side of the drummer so that it looks like he has angel wings in some degree. Yeah, sure thing. Let's let's do that. So we created flags. We made a platform that I could stand on. So I got elevated above the drummer and the flags would be unrolled during Pirates Night in this case since Pirates and everything. And um, Makes sense. we also thought... Um, Instead of making a big production around the flags and printing the actual print, we'll do them for ourselves simply because it creates more life inside the, you know, it shows that it's a living person that has done it, not a single machine that has been printing. Right. Then I myself, I always try to engage the audience in every certain degree I can. I know the other guys in the band also do that. Um, as you can see on our live set from Snowfest earlier this year, we try to bring the people in. I mean, during Lost in the Forest, 12-minute epic, only available on the physical copies of the album. <laughs> um, we usually, in the middle part, just turn off all the lights in the venue and ask the crowd to light the way for us, to carry the torch so that we can find our way out of this lost forest. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I like that. And... Um, We've always found a way to engage the audience in one way or another. If it has been that the audience should clap, clap. We don't settle unless every single person in the venue claps. Even the bar staff has to clap. There was one gig that we played that was, it was not a lot of people. I'll, I'll keep it at that. It was kind of, it was kind of bad. <laughs> we know what that's like. Um, but even despite it being like less than 10 people in the crowd, we got every single person to clap and everyone came out of that venue saying, wow, we've never seen a band try to engage people and have such energy, even though we gave no energy back to you. Right. Well, good, uh, I good on your part for actually, because yeah, right? I mean, that's a, that's a thing too. We, we see that a lot around here, unfortunately. There's a lot of empty venues at a lot of great shows. Kind of, yeah, kind and of a thing. That's... And, and still putting on the show that you're you're meant to put on it mm -hmm. like is very important despite the size of the crowd yeah i mean we've been on gigs where it's been disheartening it's been very it's been a heavy hit to our own morale and our self-confidence when you go on stage and you see oh all these people who were here playing for the or listening <clears> to the <throat> band before us have all left mm. what what are, what are we gonna do um we're we gonna and we've been discussing this while on stage several times, honestly. Sh should we cut the set short? Should we, should we skip the last song? Like, we've been telling ourselves that and talking to ourselves in between ourselves. Should we do that? No. Why should we do that? We're going to give these people that are here, despite how many they are or what kind of people they are. They can be the rowdiest assholes in the world. We're going to give them a show. If they want it or not, and they're going to be part of it, if they want it or not. <laughs> no, I agree. Simply because you're there and people are looking up to you, no matter what you're doing on the stage, you know. People are there to see you do what you love and mm -hmm. look up to your skills as a musician, as a performer. Why not show them those skills instead of just being, <sighs> I don't want to do this, but I have to. It's another day at the job, you know. Right, I've seen right. some bands do that for sure. I mean... The best example is Wasp every time I see them live. It's another Wasp. day at the job. 
It's still the worst band I've ever seen live. Can you please get off the stage? I want to listen to the other band. Move along, please. <clears throat> yeah, I mean. So sticking with the uh, live performance side of uh, things, uh, what's your pre-show ritual? Do you have anything like? Do you have like a, a sequence of events that has to occur before you take stage, or? Hmm. That's a tough one. Wow. Oh, uh, I would say that lately we've been having at least a little bit of a ritual. Um, it's more or less simple that we just hype each other up just before going on stage. Like five minutes before we go on the stage and hit the stage, we all gather in a huddle and, you know, talk through the set and hype each other up. And, you know, if someone is down, we bring them up like the good metalhead community that we are. <laughs> um Wow, yeah, I've never thought about that. That's a good question. Good in you. <laughs> um, <laughs> one thing I've noticed, though, is that what has been lacking in Snow IU, honestly, has been that we haven't had a proper warm-up exercise session before going on stage. In the past, I mean, Overrated. 2015, 2018... <laughs> No warm-up at all. The guitarist didn't play any of the songs before entering the stage. I didn't practice my singing, and I didn't warm-up properly. Mm -hmm. But in 2019, especially for Snowfest, we did that. I forced everyone in the band. Now you're going to warm-up. If you don't do this, you're not going on stage. <laughs> We're going to find a drummer in the crowd that can do your stuff if you can't warm-up your drumming arms and stuff, you know. So um, that's pretty much it. Wow. Yeah, good question. <laughs> Said I can't answer it properly. Oh, gosh, no, you, did, no, you did just fine. fine. <laughs> so, I would like to know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask a very broad question about it. I would like to know about Snowfest. Wow. How, who, why? <laughs> How, who, why? Are you Dr. Seuss? Yes. <laughs> uh, Snowfest started out as a project. I um, had my first festival in 2016. In the spring of 2016, actually. Um, in Sweden, it's been a common theme the last, I wouldn't use it, is it 15 or 10 years? I can't even remember. Let's say 10 years to keep it at a somewhat decent amount of years. But we've had something called the festival play, where most of the festivals just die. Simple as that. <clears throat> we've had many good festivals dying just because, oh, sales weren't good enough. The... Uh, Promoters or arrangers, no, we're, we're not feeling it this year, and they haven't come back. Mm -hmm. um, there has been sexual harassments at some festivals that have made sure that people don't want to go to them. They boycott them. Um, it's, you know, it's painful to see. We had one in my hometown a couple of years back called Siesta. That was a big festival. I think it was three days even. And I brought in bands from all over the world. The, one of them that comes to mind is Dinosaur Jr., of all things. <clears throat> yep. Um, and whenever that one died out along this initial wave of festivals that died, it, it, the town itself took a very heavy hit. So I thought in 2016 that I'll talk to the people who ran the Siesta Festival because we have a rehearsal in, in their basement. And I talked to them, along with our partner, Studio Permanent, which is an organization that helps 
bands, among other things, they're pretty much a um, an institute of teaching that is non-formal to people. We have several of these um, organizations all over the country. Um, Sweden is kind of unique, though, I think. But I talked to my partner, I talked to the uh, people who ran the festival, Siesta, and I said, wouldn't it be nice if we had a festival that could bring life into the music scene again? And they were like, yeah, what did you have in mind? Well, something to promote local talent. I mean, not the big hitter bands like... Oh, let's say In Flames, just because. <laughs> we're not going to bring In Flames down, you know, because that's not local talent. They've, ha- they've already made a name for themselves. I'm talking about bands that fit the bill, that haven't had a chance to play any other stage than a youth center. Because right. youth centers are pretty much the norm where you start with uh, live music in Sweden. From what I've gathered, unless okay. you know some bar owners and stuff, but if you don't have a network, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and seeing as this place is a youth center as well these days, I thought, well, it's a good start. Let's let's try it at least. So in 2016, we talked and talked, and they said, "Why do you want to name the festival? Because you gotta have a catchy name." And I thought to myself about all these different names and stuff, and I'm like. Let's name it after the greatest metal band this town has ever seen. <laughs> not egotistical at all, you know. No, not a little bit. <laughs> no, but I said Snellfest. That's catchy. People will remember, remember it, mm-hmm. and it's held in the spring. So Simple. let's try it. Also meant that I could use this half of the Snow IU logo from the start as well, you know, so I didn't have to create a whole new logo for it. <laughs> that works. Um, so... Together with them, we put together four bands. Snowy was one of them. Um, I could actually bring up the posters here because I can't remember all the bands that we brought in over the years, but I remember one of them being an indie rock band and three of them being metal-slash-hard rock. Mm-hmm. And Snowfest is has always been about local talent and stuff, as said, but it's also been about diversity. Right. I don't always bring in heavy metal bands like death metal bands, hard rock bands and stuff. I want to have something that breaks the cycle of metal and rock entirely. So, for example, in 2016, for the first one, I brought in an indie rock band. In 2016 winter, I brought in a funk rock band. Um, 2018, I brought in yet another indie rock band. And 2019, I brought in a punk band among all these oh. metal bands and rock bands. Because, let's face it, metal bands and rock bands are pretty much norm when it comes to starting bands these mm-hmm. days. True. Uh, unless you're a singer-songwriter, of course. Right. Which I don't have a problem bringing in either, but I don't have contacts in that genre, really, so it's hard for me to get any one of those people on board. Right. Um, so yeah, it all started out as a, a project to promote local talent, and I brought in bands from all over this this county of Skana. Um, and the youngest band we brought in was this year, a band called Gravity, actually. These kids are grade school students. I think the oldest one is like 14, 15. <laughs> so they're like 11 to 14, 15 years old, all of them. Wow. And they, um, they were actually the ones that pulled the biggest crowd. Seems to be a thing lately. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be. <clears throat> and it was it was really good because they were playing like Iron Maiden covers and everything, and they really nailed the whole 
I mean, the vocalist it's himself. He brought in the whole Bruce Dickinson persona. That's like, impressive. It wasn't really ego. Yeah, right. No, <laughs> <but> like <laughs> this big ego, this really good personality, mm-hmm. and he just he just killed it. You know, really nailed everything about it. Um. And that's what it's all about for me. I don't do it for personal gain. I don't do it for marketing and stuff. Sure, that's things that come along with it, and I appreciate that. But I do it to promote local talent and see these bands shine live and let them know that what you're doing makes a difference in people's lives. To see people come out to festivals and stuff, because getting people to come out to festivals these days, especially local festivals, it's tough. It's very tough. I think I'm the only one who holds the festival these days, actually, in this town. Because we had a Doom Festival, Doom Metal Festival, a couple of years back mm-hmm. that brought Pentagram, among other things. Okay. Um, they quit. We had a Tribute Festival that we collided with last year, or this year even. They're going to change town entirely, because this town is pretty much dead, according to them. Oh. Uh, we've had Siesta in the past and stuff. I mean... It's hard to get people to ex- experience live music, and that's what I'm passionate about, being a live musician myself, mainly. So I always try to bring a band that is different and is not quote-unquote worthy, but they have what it takes to hit the bigger stages. Mm-hmm. So I hope that Snowfest can be, you know, the first of many local festivals around the world, really, that can help out local bands and bring them quality because we have a professional stage we have a professional sound engineer we have a very professional venue that brings you know quality to the bands and the band really appreciate it and bring quality to the venue and to everyone involved so it's it's a it's a nice side project i wouldn't call it you know but it's it's a brainchild of mine that really started out as let's help local bands and since then it's evolved yeah no, that's awesome though the fact that you went on your own to kind of set it up so that way everybody could be part of it yeah and i don't think anybody in, will ever appreciate the amount of work it takes to yeah. even put a small a small show together never mind a festival that's going to be on an annual basis like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of work in the background mm-hmm. of that and yeah, a lot of things ha- a lot of things have to go well yeah yeah, I mean, last year we had a big... That's the epic fail for you. We have a big epic fail last year where um, the bass drum skin, it got smashed. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, in the middle of a band's set as well. So, they were like, okay, what do we do? We can't have a bass <laughs> oh, no. drum in this song. Okay, uh, duct tape. Duct tape, yeah, that, that always works. Uh, worked somewhat, so we got a person to, okay, we'll change the entire <laughs> bass drum instead. So, we had a mix of it. Of one drum kit with another one. Yeah, it works. It so works. It, yeah, I mean, as you said, there's a lot of factors playing in with it. I mean, take a sales and stuff, sure thing, but it's all the work that comes in before that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sure. Definitely. Because of logistics, talking with bands, Snowfest is also a festival where bands can't or haven't been able to in the past come to me and apply for a place at festivals. I pick the bands that. I think will fit the bill. That way I know that, oh, I won't get this band replied just because it's just another festival for them. I want the bands that really appreciate the festival and really want to play the festival. 
instead of just chain ma mail, you know? It's, right. Oh, I know how bad it is sending out these things. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So we'll take a road trip, right? You're very Dude, I would, I would love I would, I would love to go to Sweden. <laughs> yeah, agreed. <laughs> Spend like a month in Sweden. <clears throat> You'd have to. <laughs> Call it my summer abroad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, uh, all right, we're, we're going to shift gears again. <clears throat> this is something I like to do anytime we talk to artists. It kind of um, it kind of introduces the artist um, to our audience and like kind of maybe. Uh, so I'm going to ask six <laughs> random questions that are not necessarily about music. Okay. Sure and thing. you answer the best you can, and we'll get a little glimpse into the uh, the personality a little bit. Um, I'll ask a very simple question first. <clears throat> question number one: Does pineapple belong on pizza? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sin that is unforgivable. <laughs> Beautiful. Would you put any fruit on pizza? <clears throat> Would any fruit qualify for a pizza topping? Unless you consider tomato a fruit. Vegetables, but... yes, but not fruits, no. Okay. Okay. So it's going to be something like that-ish. Gotcha. So, second question. Maybe, maybe this will be a little bit better. Um... You can visit any place in the world that you have not visited yet. Where would that be? Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, Vienna. Okay. Because of the opera houses and everything. Yeah. Good. Um, have you ever hate watched a movie? Come again? Like have you have you ever like have, has there ever been a movie in your life that you that you would hate watch like you hate it so bad but every time it comes on you it's like a it's like a car accident you can't not watch it. <laughs> That's morbid as fuck. So <laughs> we do best. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Um, wow. Um, can I say every single superhero movie? Oh really? Wow. I am not a big fan of Marvel, DC, etc. You know, wow, I, uh, that's not for me at all. I think it's childish, but I'll watch it if someone puts it on just because. Say that's a dedicated hate watch though, because those movies are long. <laughs> yeah, those are, those are long. Yeah, movies. I know, but like Avengers and stuff, I haven't watched those, and I'm thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, what would be the what would be a movie, a, a movie style or a movie, a movie in particular that would fancy? Here comes the problem with me. I'm more of a documentary person than a movie person, really. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but a movie that has stuck with me for a super long time, or two movies, actually, I'll give them to you right off the bat, is Pirates of the Caribbean, of course. Good for um, mm -hmm. And uh, Master and Commander, actually. That's a good one. Definitely. Yes, simply because... Um, Very pirate-based, or... Yeah, they're water based. They're yeah. ocean ocean yeah. based simply. Yeah. And I feel like I feel a connection to that somewhat. I have a very deep respect for the ocean itself, but mm -hmm. I also like I fear it, but I also love it. Yeah, it's a scary place too. Okay, my next fun question. You uh you encounter an evil witch. She casts a spell on you. From here until the end of time, when you listen to music, you will not be able to hear one element of the song. If you had to choose, would you move forward the rest of your life not being able to listen to drums, 
guitar, or vocals? I like this one because we get interesting answers on this uh -huh. one. As a vocalist, I can't pick out the vocals. That's my main focus, you know, even on live shows and stuff. That's what I'm... I always make sure I stand in front of the vocalist at every single time I stand on a show. And uh, at the barrier, you know. So that's that's a no-go. I'm going to keep the vocals, of course. Guitar style and drums. Oh, wow. I have a very deep respect for drums, though, simply because I've used them so much, and we use them a lot. Like the intro to Inner Fury, I know how powerful drums can be as an instrument. Just listen to the tribal music from Africa and mm -hmm. stuff. It's true. But the guitars can do melodies and stuff, and harmonies. Ah, that's tough. I would have to say drums on that one. Okay. It really pains me, but I have to say drums. <laughs> It'd be uh, heartbroken, but it's fine. It's <laughs> it's um, our friend Anthony over here happens to be the drummer. Um, in the, in the past, we've actually had many vocalists ask the vocals. Yeah. And it's it's very it's very it's very interesting. It's something it's, it's something different to think about. I can really see that though, because you can't listen to instrumental pieces. Right. I can see, but the problem for me personally is because. I connect with the lyrics and the melody that the person sing with. Yeah, we have, you can't. have the storyteller aspect too, which I mean, that kind of like the base of everything. Yeah. So you lose that. Even if, even if it's not storytelling in the in lyrics, you know, I still can listen to the lyrics and I can get a glimpse into that person's life. Sure, sure. And being into psychology and stuff, I worked in the field of psychology in the past. I, you know, I kind of want to know more about people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, we got two more. We haven't had any injuries yet. This is good. So, next question. Snow IU is going to go on a world tour. Hell yeah! <laughs> world tour. Who would be on the bill with Snow IU? What is the dream tour? How many bands are we talking? However many it takes. Bigger than you, a, a, a natural, a normal <clears throat> tour would be somewhere between the four and five act area, I would say. Four and five acts? Wow, that's a lot of bands. I would usually say free bands. Well, world tour. World, world, tour if you're, world tour. If you're going to go on the road, you got to make it. Usually pick up locals and stuff. And but I like where you're thinking. I'm going to make you narrow this down further. We'll go with three. Free bands. Okay. Hmm. It would be super amazing to do it with Iron Maiden, really. Would I be wanting them on the bill, though? Sure, I would want them on the bill, but hmm, I'm think I'm thinking of a. You're thinking of this as a promoter. <laughs> no, I'm thinking I'm thinking of a promoter and as well as a dream scenario. Can I do two lists? I'm only gonna give you one. God, you gotta you gotta really you gotta really apply the pressure in some of these situations. Yeah, you gotta put some pressure on the wound. <laughs> um, damn. Sonata Arctica, at least. Okay. Definitely. That's one of my main inspirations and one of the best bands in the world for me. They're good. I like them. Um, it all boils down to do I want a symphonic metal band or do I want Iron Maiden? Ah. <laughs> oh. Nightwish. 
Nightwish? Okay. Oh, very nice. The greatest show on earth. Life itself, greatest show on earth. Mm -hmm. That'd be a neat match for you it's guys. a long song. I like that. Yeah. I like that choice. Yeah, that'd be 28 cool. Minutes or something that song yeah, it's, is, right? It's a long one, yeah. I managed to catch it live last year at Copenhagen, so easy. they played the entire song in its entirety. Yeah, easy set list to write. Easy set list. There's three <laughs> songs for this one. <laughs> kind of like us when we performed some shows in 2017, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, the shows itself were like... Every band had 12 minutes on stage. Oh, Jesus. Because they've crammed together six, 16 bands on four hours or something like that. Oh, I my God. For what? Why? It was a. It was a. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Um, it was terrible as well for every single band. I mean, for the audience, they didn't care ab about okay. it at all. But the thing was, it was a competition where you could vote online for which band you thought would go to the finals and stuff. And it being a 12-minute set, we thought to ourselves, "Hell, we've been in this competition for years. We haven't gone to the final a single time, despite technically being a better live act than most of these bands." Let's let's make a statement. What do you think we do? We put on our 12-minute epic. We play one song and then leave the stage. That's not a bad Every thing. other band was on four songs. And then, the, and then when we talked to the people and the promoters, they were like, you guys have some good songs. And I'm like, <laughs> it's good songs? It's one long song. We played one. Well. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you can't do that. You can't, you can't do that. <laughs> you, can, says you, can, you, can't, you can't just You can't just play one song. And I'm like, uh... Uh, Talk to every prog metal band out in the world immediately, right. and you'll see that you can. <laughs> Pretty much, it's like a dream tour for a, or a dream show for Hatebreed. They'd play a whole album <laughs> twice <laughs> with an encore. With an encore. That's a good one. I like that. Uh, oh boy. I don't know why I like making fun of them. I don't know. It's easy, I guess. But, I yeah. Dream World Tour. So now the Arctic Night Wish and Snow Are You. I like that. That's a nice setup. Awesome. Very uh, mystic. Very Scandinavian. <laughs> yes, very, very, very. <laughs> okay, this is a uh, ignorant American Marcus question, and then I believe this is a, this is our last question. I think I went through all of them. Yeah, what to do? Yeah, I did all of them. Are uh, Swedish meatballs actually a Swedish delicacy, or is it something American made up like Chinese food? Delicacy? What are you talking about? <laughs> Swedish. We can buy these. I mean, we buy these in freezers and stuff, and they're like deep frozen stuff. That's not a delicacy. Wow. What's oh. wrong with you people? <laughs> no, but Do you really, want a list? Uh, <laughs> delicacy? No, I wouldn't say it's a delicacy. It's. I would say it's, you know, a national dish necessarily, but it's there. <laughs> oh, it's American, it's American made up. That's all I wanted to know. Like I said, ignorant yeah, American just, question. Like Chinese food isn't really Chinese food. Like no. American Chinese food, it's yeah, not Chinese. No, food. if you go to no, 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 that's that's not Chinese food at all. I mean, oh, no. I would say like if you want a delicacy that is typical Swedish, go for cinnamon buns. Ooh. Oh, I do like cinnamon buns. No, I can't eat the damn stuff. I'm allergic to cinnamon, so. That's, <laughs> I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> I'm happy. I don't like the taste. Thought, of thoughts and well, I guess that works then. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say th thoughts and prayers. Yeah, man. right. <laughs> All right, so so my summer abroad is gonna be Swedish metal music and cinnamon buns. It's old. A Swedish fika for sure. There you go. That sounds awful. That sounds awful. Coffee and cinnamon <clears throat> buns. That sounds awful. Uh, terrible. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know. Not how according. Get... Not according to D. Snyder at Sweden Rock, at least. Yeah. He took a cup of coffee and said, "Let's have a fika time." 
There's a lot of sarcasm in my answer, by the way. <laughs> no, I, I know. I Horrific, know. horrendous, <laughs> horrendous, garbage, terrible. Boo. <laughs> okay. Let's get back to Snow IU. Got some big stuff happening. I've read in 2019. What's 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 coming up with Snow IU? Uh, in 2019, we have um, we have one show that is scheduled that's going to be in Lund. We've never been in Lund before, so it's going to be very nice to perform there. I know that's home territory to some bands we've been not competing with necessarily, but um, that we've been performing with in the past that have been mixed emotions about. Simple as that. Um, so we hope to be able to make a statement in that place just to see and show them that we're taking your turf. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, we're not. We're not about you know competition and stuff. We want to be able to have a mutual, mutual friendship in between our, all of our bands because of networking and stuff. So it's gonna be nice to have that gig. It's gonna be the last one of the year, I think. I'm not certain about it, but we'll see. Um, other big things that are coming up in November slash December, we're entering the studio mm -hmm. to record a new single. Mm -hmm. Titled, not revealed. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's scheduled, that's scheduled to be released in the spring, I believe? Yep, scheduled to release in the spring of 2000, uh, 2020. So just to segue off of that, um, what, 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 I would know, what I would ask, um, that way uh, like our audience that's actually listening, where is the best place that you would like them to find you? Like, um, is there, um, I know the social medias, uh, YouTube, uh, looks like SoundCloud you guys are on. Uh, what, what, what's the best place or the preferred place for you, for you, the fans to come find you? And obviously we'll link this up folks in the, uh, the episode links and whatnot. That way you can, uh, just click. Hmm. I would say Facebook is the best place to find us because that's our main quote unquote website. Um, I would also say, though, it all depends what you're after. If you're after the behind-the-scenes and the silliness footage, go for our Instagram. But for the professional, like, reveals, the uh, major happenings in the band, Facebook, definitely. We've been having a very big, um, I wouldn't say spike, but we've had, had an upswing lately. Um, Facebook has been blossoming for some reason. I still to this day don't know why. But yeah, just go with it. Yeah, take it. <laughs> yeah, we're doing something right, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, facebook.com forward slash snow official page is where you can find us mainly. Beautiful. My last question for you, because I've been staring at it this whole this whole morning. And <laughs> what what's the IU? Not telling. <laughs> Is there like a like a little bit of a backstory you can like kind of sh shade to, and then I can just make up my own story later? I can say this to you about the IU. Um, what do you think it is? Well, there's no O there, so we don't owe anybody money. <laughs> and it's not UI, so it's not user interface. No, no, so. no user interface. <laughs> um, interface user. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was afraid to ask and be like, oh, that's just like the town in Sweden. Like, way to do your research, asshole. And I'd be like, oh. <laughs> I can tell you that much. It's not a town in Sweden. Okay, good. So but, it's, a, it's a much better But as said, I, I would actually ask that you would tell me what you think it is. Both of you while you're at it. <laughs> See, now I'm a, 
Wait, who's doing the interview here? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't wake up for this kind of pressure. You, huh? <laughs> you put a lot of pressure over me now, so. So it's like a it's In like... interpreted universe. I don't know. Ooh. Clever, I like that. Uh, Ooh. See. Yeah. Ooh. That's, yeah. That's pretty right. good. That's not bad because there's not many words that start with you. No. Umbrella. At least in English. Yeah, umbrella. Interpretive umbrella. There you go. Much better. <laughs> Much more creative. It's like, wow, Mark, thanks. <laughs> Good job, Fred. That's going to be the new song title, by the way, Interpretive, <laughs> Interpretive umbrella. umbrella. So that's copyrighted now? <laughs> yep, see? We've all learned something. All right, that's I happy. took the concept from earlier. You can have that. That's a, that's a fair trade. <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. go. Um, okay. Mystical story. You didn't, you didn't answer You didn't it. answer, Marcus. Still waiting on you. Because I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'm not giving up. Give me an answer. I'm engaging the audience. <laughs> There's a stop button here. <laughs> um, let me uh, let, let me ask. What what what? Um, something utopia? Inner utopia? Ooh. There you go. See. <laughs> Would it be in English? Would I even know the word? Or do I have to know, know Sweden? Swedish. No, it's in English. Okay, I, I honestly have no idea. Like that's why that's that's why I, I get to ask questions. But I, like I said, I was like I was hoping it just wasn't gonna be like a quick answer. It's like oh, that's like where the town where I grew up, which you already debunked, which I'm very happy for. Um, it's very mysterious that you're not willing to give the backstory. Kind of the reason. Do we find out I, later? Do we find out later? Is that why? The reason why I want to keep it up in the air is because I want you to use your own imagination and make your own picture of it. I got you. I want you to start using that brain of yours and so use this, your creativity. So the, the world of Snow IU will eventually lead me to the promised land of this answer. Hmm. Maybe I'll leave that as a cliffhanger, actually. <laughs> no, but as said, Snow IU has always been about interpretation, using your imagination, and childhood wonder, really. So that's what I'm, I'm thinking when... I say that I don't really want you to know what the IU stands for because every person has their own interpretation of it, just as they have with Atria, as they have with the band. It's like, so, it's like Dark Souls all over again. <laughs> well, I actually have like, a game. I, I, I have a hardcore like gamer here. I hear. Yeah. <laughs> so, well done with that. I actually, I actually like that answer. Um, we are unfortunately though. Up against the clock. Do you have anything? No, I think secret? I think we've hit a good majority. You have been an absolute pleasure to talk to. Likewise, thank you. Thank you. Thank you much. for taking the time and like hanging with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Good luck with the show. Good luck with the new single. Keep us posted. Yeah, we'll that, certainly do. That way we can we can share and we can enjoy. Of course. And other than that, enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. Really like it like the company and enjoyed the whole the whole show glad to hear glad yes. we didn't hear we didn't send you <laughs> no epic fails today <laughs> no no epic fails today the needle's still moving we can I write, like that. We can write two is... on the board now there you go <laughs> <laughs> two days is this, epic is, fail. Where, is this where i start crashing the show now <laughs> hey go for it <laughs> uh cynthia have a, have a have a wonderful day thank you thank you again for uh, joining us and uh good luck with everything and uh we'll we'll be in touch and we'll we'll, we'll be keeping track of you yeah, thank you so much. And I'll start emailing you randomly my interpretations for IU. <laughs>
Please do, actually. I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> we'll take the back and forth. I'll blog it. It'll be fun. Wonderful. You can put that as a question in every podcast now for every coming band. What there does the IU, IU stand for? <laughs> Oh yeah, I like I'll, put that. That. I'll put that in my yeah, yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> ask some unsuspecting rando. Uh-huh. I was like, "Okay, Snow IU. What does the IU stand for?" I've been trying to figure it out for a year. <laughs> uh. All right, have a good day. Thank you again. Thank you. Have a good day, you too. What's up, everybody? Thank you very much for uh, checking out the interview and uh, that awesome content. Like that was uh, we had, we had a really good time recording that one. Uh, we will actually end this episode with another track from Snow IU that uh, Cynthia was kind enough to share with us. Uh, This next track that we are going to share with you is going to be The Pirate's Night. So enjoy the tune. Check them out. Uh, Definitely check out, like, all the episode links and, like, whatnot, like, where to find them. Go give them a like on, like, all the social medias because we know how uh, important all that stuff is. And uh, like, share, listen, repeat. Thank you again for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.
of this episode, this is Marcus, Anthony, Dave, and Jay, signing off. Thank you for listening to the Heavy Metal Over a Six-Pack Podcast.